So in the offseason, God bless the PLO for giving out their top 50 players. So we're going to start off at the very bottom, below the bottom actually. We're going to start with some people who are missing. My number one dude who I was like, how the fuck is he not there, is Jules Henningberg. Henningberg last year in 2019 had 21 goals, 4th in the league, 33 points, 5th in the league, tied for 5th in the league. I didn't really understand how he wasn't there. A lot of people were replying to the uh, the Twitter posts that asking who was snubbed. Brad Smith, 15 points last uh, in the 2020. Uh, eight goals, seven assists, pretty fucking good. Connor Fields also. Connor Fields, a sick 2019, a pretty dismal uh, postseason and a pretty dismal 20 season. Uh, 33 points, 22 goals in 19, uh, tied for fifth in points. I think he was third in goals. So, you know, fucking really good 19, a little dump off towards the end, though. Kind of more understandable. We have Ryan Drenner as well. Ryan Drenner, 18 goals, one two-pointer uh, with for 21 points in 19. No points in the postseason, though, and only three goals in 2020. So he dropped off as well. And the last one is Jared Newman. He had, uh, I mean, he had a really good 2020 gig 16 ground balls and seven calls turnovers um amongst all the other people that had um for 2020 i mean 16 ground balls is more than uh more than good especially compared to the other players on the list i mean that's some of the better numbers overall i'd be tied for third i believe and then um seven calls turnovers pretty average amongst these 20 top 20 players um he he definitely could have been a player up there. I think it's just due to, um, I mean, he's been super consistent. He had five two-pointers in 2019. He's someone who I definitely could have understood having, had been added. So we'll start off with at 50, and I'll mark it off at every five or so. So we have Brent Adams, uh, Redwoods offensive midfielder. So... He's, you know, not bad. 11 points 2019, 7 points in the postseason, 6 points last year, mainly all coming from goals. Not bad, not great. 50 is pretty uh, pretty giving. I probably wouldn't have put him there, but God bless for him. Uh, we have Dom Alexander next, defensive midfielder for the Archers. Uh, he was one of the last three finalists for defensive midfielder of the year, so he definitely had to be on the list. I'm surprised he's not a little bit lower on the list uh, or higher on the list I should say towards uh, towards the lower numbers strange how that works but on the list nevertheless Jake Ficaro who I thought definitely should have been higher on this list uh, attackman last year midfielder this year at 27 points last year and three pointer three two pointers last year as a attackman crazy shit you don't really see that too often the only other person who really does that is Justin Gutterding and then last year had three goals, two two-pointers, five goals overall, 10 points for um, 2020. Surprised that he wasn't a little bit higher on this list. Next we have Connor Farrell, a guy who really picked it up, proved that he could really be a number one face-off guy. Uh, last year, regular season, 55% face-off, uh, and the postseason had a 48% face-off. And then last year, really stepped it up 62%, had a really good... 2020 we're looking forward to him in 2021 seeing if he can keep it up next we have jake bernhardt a defensive midfielder for the whip snakes he actually did really well on the offensive side of the ball too in 2019 i think that's really what got him to this spot um 
you know, he had some good, uh, some good lights. You know, there's a couple burn hearts on this list, that's for sure. <laughs> uh, next we have Jack Hunt Cannon, goalie for the Atlas. His save percentages got better in 2020. Not great in the postseason, about 50%. Not great, not horrible. But the save percentage in the regular season, 53. So kind of highlights his improvement from 2019 to 2020. After that, we have Jordan McIntosh. Uh, first year on the Archers, second year on the Water Dogs. Had 13 points in 2019, 11 of them being goals. Last year had six goals, six points. Um, he's a great offensive midfielder. He's super fun to watch. Um, could have seen him being a little bit lower on this list, but good for him for making it. Cade Vaporanporst, uh, I totally thought that he was going to be higher on this list. So he had two two-pointers in 2019, hasn't really had too many points since, but his caused turnovers and ground balls in the 2020 uh, season, I guess it wasn't... He wasn't phenomenal in 2019 stat-wise, but in 2020, I mean, 21 ground balls and 12 calls turnovers. That's really fucking good. 21 ground balls is really fucking good. I believe that's second best. Yeah, that's second best on this list, and the guy who's fucking first best is in the top five. So, you know, could have seen him a lot higher on this list, but, you know, you can't really can't really complain too much being in the uh, top 45 Next, we have Paul Rabel, someone who I personally would not have really put on this list. I get it. You have to put on him him on here for, the. I mean, the fact that he had 10 goals, one two-pointer, 11 assists, and 23 points in 2019. You know, you can't d- dismiss the fact that he had a really good 2019, a pretty good 2019 season, um, and a pretty dis- decent postseason, too. You know, two goals, two assists, four points, not half bad, but his 2020 season mind uh mind to be that it is only two weeks four games five games six games whatever he played five points one goal that's not going to get it done that's a small sample size Paul Rabel at like 42 and then at 41 we have the first goaltender to make the list Tim Troutner obviously goaltender for the Redwoods uh another one of the I mean second goaltender to make it um so goes Jacqueline Cannon and then Tim Troutner. Um, not too surprised to see it go in that fashion. I personally would have put it in that fashion as well. I think they got the goaltender's order right in this. So we have both of them had a 53 in the first season, although Troutner 59 in his postseason. That's fucking sick. And then 56 for 2020. That's about the same 1.1% off. That's not uh, nothing too crazy. So both of those goaltenders, pretty neck and neck, both young, both great. If uh, the Atlas can really get their shit going, I think that could be a great rivalry between those two goaltenders particularly. Next, to start off at the top 40, we have Kiernan McArdle. He was on the Atlas last year. He's on the Water Dogs this year. He's an attackman. 12 goals, 13 assists, pretty balanced, 25 points in 2019. Um... In 2020, 8 goals, 6 assists, 14 points, pretty fucking good. He's a guy who you always kind of have to look out for. He's a pretty balanced overall attackman. Um, you know, you notice him when he's out there for fucking sure. Whether it's his great dishes or whether it's his 
great scoring ability. You know, you always notice him when he's out there. Speaking of people who you notice when they're out there is fucking Marcus Holman. Uh, obviously, the attackman on the Archers. He had a sick 2019 season, 21 goals, two two-pointers, 32 points in that season. That's fucking nuts. And then in the postseason, had 10 goals, one assist for 11 points. That's even crazier. And six goals for seven points in 2020. Not fantastic, like especially not compared to his 2019 postseason, but that's off the fucking charts. Marcus Holman could have seen him being a little bit higher on this list. Not surprised that he's, you know, top 40, still fucking great. There's a lot of good players on this list. Um, definitely deserves to make it. Probably could have seen him a little bit higher. Uh, the next couple guys I think he could have been over, but, you know, nonetheless, we have Connor Kelly next. Chaos the first season, Water Dogs this season, offensive midfielder, 10 goals, 18 points in the first season last year. He had, in the 2020, had five goals, two two-pointers for 10 points. Um, you know, pretty good productivity out of him, especially being on the Water Dogs. Water Dogs didn't have the greatest season. They had lackluster in either the first or the second half. Couldn't really put together a complete game. Although I think Connor Kelly... As, as well as the other individuals on this uh, list were, you know, great highlights for them, especially on the offensive side of the ball. Defensive side of the ball, definitely got to get it together. Next, we have Brian Costabile, someone who I think is pretty good at his number. Um, you know, he's at 37. I think that's really good for rookie season. Had six goals, one two-pointer for nine points. You know, he was a two-way guy. He was playing offensive minutes and defensive minutes. He was out there for a while. Um, he'll be great for years to come. That's a great pickup for the Atlas, not only to transition him into, you know, a guy who they can rely on more two-way, but also a guy who can they can rely on as, you know, everyone's seeing it coming. Paul Rabel starting to face his way out whether that be in the next two years or in the next ten years. Either way, we all know that his time must come. He's an older guy, uh, and I think that this is a great, I don't want to say replacement, but he's a great addition to the midfield that um, that they could use, especially as some major pieces leave. After that, we have another offensive midfielder or another midfielder in Miles Jones, a chaos last year a redwood this year i think that people still don't know how to use miles jones i don't even know if miles jones knows how to use miles jones uh 2019 18 points nothing crazy six goals one two-pointer whatever uh 2020 four goals two two-pointers the ball just seems to get stuck in his stick um you know he's a big guy he needs like those alleyway dodges you know just running downfield running through guys I think that he could be better used I'm not sure if it's something that the coaches just can't seem to get his scheme going or what it may be maybe it was the missing personnel the Redwoods had uh in Jules Henningberg I'm not sure exactly what it is but I think that Miles Jones is still not putting out 100% yet he is still 36 on this list so I could only see him really going up if people start figuring out how to, I don't want to say how to coach him, but how to uh, use him in their schemes. Up next, one of my personal favorite players to watch 
is Eric Law. Eric Law has been known for someone that just kind of knows where to be on the field at certain times. Uh, obviously, the attackman for the Atlas had 20 goals in 2019, had five goals last year, two assists, seven points in his 2020 campaign. Uh, Eric Law was one of the few highlights every single year for uh, for the Atlas. Him overall is just, he's a fantastic guy to watch. Not super flashy, you know, he's just a guy that you always no, he. I mean, he's always moving. He's kind of like that guy in the front of the net in hockey, where kind of like a Sidney Crosby, for example. You know, you never really see him or an Anders Lee if you're an Islanders fan. You know, you you don't really see him making crazy moves all the time, but you'll see him in the front of the net. You know, just be like, how the fuck does he know like exactly where to be? Um, Especially, I mean, when I think of Sidney Crosby, I think of all his fucking garbage goals that he just is standing in front of the net. It's like, how, like how, how did he know he was supposed to be there right there? And that's fucking Eric Law for you. Next, we have Matt McMahon, a defenseman for the Archers. He had a really good, um, I mean, he had a really good last year and this year. 23 ground balls last year, 10 this year, 12 calls turnovers this year. 12 calls turnovers this year, that's really fucking good, man. That's one of the best in the league. Um, Matt McMahon is a real fucking staple for the Archers on that defensive end. Sticking with the Archers, next we have Will Manny. Will Manny, obviously the fucking, one of the sickest attackmen in the league. Um, last year, 21 goals <laughs> this year. Fucking, um, 10 goals, 14 assists, I mean 14 points. So, he's obviously the fucking goal scorer. Uh, the guy who Grant meant and Thomas Schreiber got the fucking ball to. Will Manny is, to say the least, I mean, he is phenomenal. To, the whole Archer's offense is just phenomenal to watch. But Will Manny is just so fun to watch to put the fucking ball in the back of the net, man. 13 goals in the 2019 postseason. I mean, this dude knows how to fucking score. Next, we have Ryder Garnsey for, obviously, the Redwoods, Tackman. He... I have a love-hate relationship with Ryder Garnsey. 14 goals um, in 2019, 6 goals in the postseason, 10 in uh, the 2020 uh, campaign. It's it's tough watching him. I, you know, sometimes I feel like he also gets the ball caught in a stick. Not sure if it's a Redwoods thing or if it's a Ryder thing. Either way, you know, he'll do much better next year. When uh, Jules is back, when Cav is working with Jules, that always seems like it makes it easier for Ryder to get open. Um, you know, he can't be, he's not the dude who, you know, it's, it's it really works better if there's two guys who they can kind of work the offense through, depending on the game plan. Uh, usually it doesn't work best when it's just always going through the same guy. Cav isn't a great guy to run the game through Ryder is a little bit better and Jules is a little bit better than that so having that option to switch around makes it a lot easier um I think it was uh Patterson came in last year number 40 for the Redwoods did a decent job you know trying to replace as much as he can but I think Ryder is only going to keep getting better you know he was a scratch I mean, he wasn't even a fucking player week one in 2019 and ended up with 14 goals, 10 assists, 24 points in 2019. So, you know, that's a great look on him. I'm sticking with the Redwoods for the next couple. We have Eddie Glazner, one of the most cerebral players in the game. Had a great 
interview on Spitting Chicklets uh, last year. You know, his numbers aren't fantastic when you look at him. Nine calls turnovers, uh, nine ground balls, five calls turnovers. He had the same numbers in 2019, and he had four and four in the postseason. He's not extremely talented, I guess you would say, not extremely athletic when you look at some of the other guys, but he is definitely one of the smartest players in the game. When you hear people mic'd up, it is fantastic. They shouldn't they shouldn't even have fucking commentation when um when they're on the defensive side of the ball. They should just fucking uh log on to uh Eddie Glazner. He's fantastic. Next, we have Sergio Perkovic, someone who I think is only just learning how to fucking play offense. Uh, he's a bit of a two-way guy as well. He had nine goals last year. He had um, six two-pointers last uh, in 2020, 15 points. That's a fucking hell of a season right there. And I think he's just learning how to fucking do that shit. Um, in the first couple games, you were kind of like, ah, like, you know, Kind of, same thing with Miles Jones, same thing with the entire Redwoods. And then as time went on, you know, you really got to see him learn a little bit more how to fucking, how to use his body, how to use his skill set. So I think those two midfielders for the Redwoods are only going to get better next year. Next we have Jesse Bernhardt, his first year in, uh, in the league. Had a real big impact for the chaos. Again, not crazy numbers, but super cerebral. Uh... 9-4 when ground balls, uh, turnovers, calls turnovers. Jesse Bernhardt has definitely got to look out for for, uh, for next year. I'd expect him to have fucking crazy numbers next year. Next we have Jack Rowlett, someone who I definitely could have seen being a little bit higher on this list. Uh, obviously the defenseman for the, uh, for the chaos. He's the guy who, I don't even need to tell you his stats, but he's the guy who, when you have that number one dude, and you're like, oh, who are we going to put up against him? It's Jack Rowlett. It's, you know, second thought it. There is no, like, hmm, it is, like, Jack Rowlett. Coming to, I think this is our first long stick midfielder. We have Scott Ratliff. Scott Ratliff. Fucking slide to Scott Ratliff. Scott Ratliff had two goals, two assists. In 2019, two goals, one two-pointer, three assists in 2019 postseason. Three goals, three assists in fucking 2020. When Scott Ratliff is coming down the field, you have to fucking slide. And he's got a great little rat tail, too. Oh, my God. Scott, if I was an Archers fan, I would love to be an Archers fan, man. I mean, there's there's no part of the Archers that you're like, eh. Maybe the goaltenders between Adams and Gittleman. I would like to see them pick one or the other. But, I mean, McMahon, Ratliff, Manny, fucking Schreiber, Holman, Immense. I mean, where do you even... I guess they could use a... Uh, you have Kelly at face-off. Could probably use a different face-off guy. Um, I think he, sp he he splits with someone else, if you heard his name. But, you know, the Archers are... <laughs> oh, my God, man. Fucking team to come. Um, after that, uh, where are we now? I mean, we're at, okay, so we're at 26 right now. Ty Warner. Surprised it goes Ty Warner, then Jack Near. Surprised it went in that way, because Ty Warner won short stick men, short stick D of the year. Not sure exactly what that says. Um, comparing their stats, you know, Ty had a much better 2019 at 18-5. 
uh, near at seven and one ground balls cost turnovers. Um, and then last year, you know, Ty just had no cost turnovers in 2020 had 16 ground balls near on the other hand, 11 and six, maybe it was the no cost turnovers either way. I mean, they're neck and neck. You really can't pick one over the other, uh, Ty Warner and Jack Near for you, you know. Next we have Tucker Durkin. Tucker Durkin, one of the few things that you can really say on the Atlas is good on the defensive end besides Jack uh, Not Nothing too great on them. A lot of average, I guess. But Tucker Durkin was one of the guys who you really like to see. Had a really good 2019 when it comes down to uh, ground balls. 2020, not so much, but five calls, turnovers, nothing to laugh at. Uh, he doesn't get too much help. Their LSM, Craig Chick, not bad, not great. If you, I mean, there's room to improve there. There's room to improve at almost anywhere for the fucking Atlas. Um, it's, it's tough to see them back-to-back years be bad, but they're not horrible. It's so. It's just they're such a strange, they're a strange group. I I think it's coaching, but what do I know? Next we have Rob Pinnell, another Atlas guy, someone who you know we all kind of thought would be great, and I think that he was just really good. Um, not to throw any shade at anyone, but you know I thought he was. We all we all thought he was gonna be a top four or five player. We thought he was gonna be where fucking Zed Williams is on this list. But instead, he's sitting in those low 20s, six goals, nine assists, 15 points. I am I mean, I'm in love with him and Eric Wolf playing together. But nothing too crazy. Definitely expect more from him next year. Uh, I, th- I think he expects more from himself next year. I think the entire Atlas roster expects more from themselves next year. Next, we have Bryce Young, defenseman for the Whipsnakes. Um, had a crazy fucking 2019 season. 34 ground balls, 12 cost turnovers, 9 ground balls. This year, 3 cost turnovers. Um, him, along with a couple other guys who we'll get to on this list. I mean, the Whipsnakes are overall just fucking loaded. Next, we have Trevor Baptiste, back to the uh, to another face-off guy. Definitely, I think they also got the face-off men in the correct order as well, going from Farrell to now Trevor Baptiste. So Baptiste, 64% last year, was definitely the best uh, face-off men. 54-54 to their postseason and 2020 season. Not bad, not great, pretty middle of the road, but that 2020 definitely had him up, and he has a good offensive capability. Um... He does a good job of, you know, creating fast breaks and getting the ball to attackmen or midfielders. Um, overall, definitely the second best faceoff man in the league. Um, Connor Farrell definitely there, and then I think after that you have uh, Tom Kelly. After that, you know. There's not too much. Greg Rellian, that's really the next guy, but he's retired. R.I.P. Not R.I.P. Um, R.I.P. to his fucking whatever. Next, we have Justin Gutterding, Chrome, Attackman. I mean, Justin Gutterding. 
he might be my favorite. This is to this. So this is where we're now at uh, the top twenty. He has to be my favorite player on the Chrome. I like Jordan Wolf. We'll get to Jordan Wolf in a little bit. Justin Gutterding though, it's 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 the ability for him to use the other team against themselves. For him to open, he plays like a he looks like a fucking midfielder, and he he takes shots, and you're like, oh, this guy definitely plays midfield, and you're like, how is he playing attack? Like, it it is just unreal the capability for this guy to score. Had thirty uh thirty five points in twenty nineteen, nineteen goals, one two pointer. Uh, last year, had I messed up on his stats a little bit, but I had sixteen points. Um. I mean, 10 goals, I think. Just fucking something else, man. Just an absolute fantastic guy to watch. He, he. when you just look at him, when you look at Justin Gutterding play, it's it really is just the creativity of being able to get his hands free, time, and space, even if it's the split second. You can't give him, you can't give him a second with no one on his hands and a clear shot of the net because it's gonna go in that's it's just fucking it's gonna go in speaking of guys who have a crazy shot we have mike chan and chuck at 19 whip snakes offensive midfielder if you don't know him he's two-point king had seven in 2020 three in the postseason uh, seven in 2019 three in the postseason two in 2020 of i don't want to say a letdown in 2020 but definitely a reduction in production a <laughs> reduction in production. Um, but you're going to see. I mean, there are so many whip snakes on this fucking list, man. I mean, there's only so much ball and almost so, only, so, only so much time in the game. I don't think it was a reduction in Mike Chan and Chuck. I think it was just a fucking... It's just like a, a spread the wealth type of thing. Mike Chan and Chuck, still king of the two-pointers. I don't care about Sergio Perkovic. Still king of the two-pointer. Two, uh, two um... I still, you know, still got to give it to him, but we'll see. 2021, you know, who knows? Maybe Surge is going to surge. Next, we have Curtis Dixon, Chaos. Personally, my fucking favorite player on the Chaos. I love Curtis Dixon, man. 12, uh, 12 goals, 6 assists, 18 points. Curtis Dixon is just phenomenal to watch, man. Having had not even seen any, any of him in 2019, being able to see him in 2020 was just great. His ability to score is phenomenal. He is he's a great attackman, has great inside rolls. He rolls like a fucking sushi maker. Next we have Will Haas Chrome, defensive midfielder. Um Will Haas, you know, he's a defensive midfielder. Four goals in twenty nineteen, three goals in twenty twenty. Three goals in twenty twenty, that's more than Paul Rabel. You know, you look at that, four points. I mean He's playing defense, has the offensive productivity of Paul Rabel. That's all I got to say, man. But I do also have to touch on, I do have more to say, actually. Uh, 17 ground balls in 2019, 9 ground balls in 2020, 2 cost turnovers, not too shabby. Offensively productive, defensively productive, a fucking beast. And this guy, I think, should have been much higher on the list. Yo, you you look at the guy who's above him, and you're like, what the fuck? Like, I mean, when I just read you his stats, 
40 ground balls. 40. 4. 4. 0. 40 ground balls in 2019. 23 caused turnovers. 23 caused turnovers. You know who's next highest on that list for caused turnovers? On this, it's at 13. He has 10 more caused turnovers than the next guy. 23 caused turnovers in 2019. 4-4 four four in the playoffs. 17, which I believe is tied for second. Only second to the guy who is above him. One of the two. And nine ground balls. Or I'm sorry, 17 ground balls. Nine calls turnovers. Nine calls turnovers, I believe, is third of all these guys on this list. I mean, it's a shame to put him outside of the top 15. We'll get to the other guys. One I definitely believe should be there. The other guy, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that you probably could have switched those two. Uh, oh, we're speaking about Garrett Apple, obviously, defenseman for the Redwoods. The only time that you kind of say, uh, maybe Apple's not top 50 is when he's against Gaudet and loses his head. <laughs> Next, we have John Haas on the whips, offensive midfielder. A bunch of different Hosses in the league. Never really saw that. Seven goals last year, one two-pointer, 13 points. Three goals in 2019 postseason, but in last year, 13 points, matching his production in 2019 and a fraction of the games, eight goals, five assists. John Halls trending upwards. He's a guy to look out for. Next, we have Ned Crotty. I think Ned Crotty missed like a game and a half um, in 2020. Had 27 points, 16 goals, one two-pointer in 2019. Not too much in the postseason, but had three goals, seven assists in 2020. I definitely expect him to only get better going on, uh, especially as he stays healthy. I believe that he had a, uh, a shoulder issue, concussion issue, something like that. I, I can't particularly put my uh, finger on it. And now we have uh, the Water Dogs, a one of the few career Water Dogs. And Zach Currier, offensive midfielder, four goals, three assists, seven points. Um, you know, Again, Water Dogs, great offensively, not great defensively. Zach Currier was more than one of the best offensive guys for him. I think he's a little high on this list, small sample size. Got to give it to him, though. Definitely like seeing a Water Dog pretty high on this list. Makes me feel good. Grant Ament after that, I believe he's at 12. Surprised he was at 12. Um... Six goals, 14 assists, 20 points. I mean, that's an outrageous 20, uh, 2020. Uh, again, one of those crazy uh, rookies of, along with Costabile. I mean, it's not only the people who he works around and works with and the archers in general, but he his vision of the field is just off the charts. And if you're like, oh, let's honor him because of his scoring capability, he'll move the ball on you. Oh, let's cover lanes make sure that he doesn't uh blow by anybody but you know we're not rushing to slide i don't want him to pass he'll score the ball on you it's one or the other man and either way the ball is going to the back of the net especially with the other scorers on that team man and right before we start rounding out this top 10 we have matt kavanov at 11 so honestly surprised to see him this high glad to see that he's getting that respect um 14 goals, 24 points in 2019, 7-4 and 11 in 2020. 
sneaky good season. Redwoods in general are the craziest offensive team. I think Matt Cav definitely had it out for um, for this 2020 season to be good without Jules, and I think he did just that. I mean, only expect him to be better when Jules comes back and Ryder is uh, working better as well. I think all the Redwoods attackmen can only really go up. Same thing with the Atlas. I think they can really only go up. Maybe not Eric Wall. He's a fucking tank. Everyone else, I think, can only really get uh, get better. Another goaltender to start off the top 10. This, I think, is in the correct order. It's super hard to take away from his season, but with a 55% in the 1959 in the postseason and 63 in 2020, Kyle Bernlor comes in at 10. Um, I think the reason why he's second is solely because of the amount of saves that the next goaltender makes. Uh, we'll get to that in a second, though. Next, we have Josh Byrne. Josh Byrne had a crazy 2020 season with 13 goals, 12, 20 points. He had 17 goals the year before, had 2-2 two and two in um, the postseason last year. He is a guy very dependable on the chaos. It's great to watch Curtis Dixon play with him. I think the chaos definitely have a lot of, a lot of pluses on their side. I think as time goes on, you know, it can only really get better for the chaos compared to last season, specifically to those first four games. After that, Jordan Wolf. Jordan Wolf is fan fucking fantastic. Really can't give him enough credit for the stuff that he does. Uh, while I love Justin Gutterding, Jordan Wolf is obviously one of the most balanced players in lacrosse. In lacrosse. I mean, he regular season 19, 16, and 16, 20, 10, and 8. The only one that's a little lopsided is the seven goals in fucking, what, like one or two games in 2019 uh, postseason where they didn't really have a postseason. I believe it was just a battle for last place. Um, Jordan Wolf is just a tank. He's fantastic to watch. Uh, on ball and off ball. If you're a kid growing up and you're trying to become an attackman, I mean, there's so much to learn from Jordan Wolf. He is, he's a great partner for fucking Gutterding. That's that's a pair that might be might be one of my favorite in the entire league. I mean, it's hard to say with all the great players on Archer, but Chrome overall, man, just fantastic, fantastic players in Wolf and Gutterding. Next, the player who I definitely don't think should be top 10 is Matt Dunn. No offense to Matt Dunn. You're, the stats are not fantastic. Yeah, I'm sure you know you can make their cerebral uh, argument. You know, the next highest cerebral players, though, are in the 30s. I don't think Matt Dunn makes that huge of a difference. Um, when it, Compared to guys like Garrett Apple, I think Garrett Apples are just fucking workhorses. Um, and not only workhorses, but I think that they're, they're fucking highlight reel makers. Um, maybe that's why I think Matt Dunn should be lower. And maybe that's why personally, I think, uh, people may think that I'm sleeping on Matt Dunn, but you know, I just don't, I don't see him as a seventh highest in the league. Uh, 
Um, definitely would have him a little bit lower. Uh, no disrespect. But, uh, you know, still like a top 20 player. But uh, definitely close to that 20. Next we have Blaze Reardon. Number one goaltender in the league. I mean, there's nothing to say about him, man. I mean, he had, I think, tw like 20 saves more than the next guy. 55, 41, 61 save percentage, 19, 20. 61% on like 100-something shots. I mean, Blaze puts the team on his back. There might not be a more important player to his team than Blaze's to the chaos. And that's fact. Next, we have Joe Nardella, the guy who probably makes me eat the last statement that I just made. Uh, six goals in 2019, uh, three goals, three assists in 2020. Not only an offensive productive beast, but also not only consistency from 2019, 55% in the regular season, 55% in the postseason. Pretty good. To fantastic at almost winning three out of four faceoffs, 72%. That's almost unheard of. In six games, 72% against professionals. I mean, there's got to be something that Joe knows that we don't. Because that was... That's a, that's a speechless 2020. That's an MVP-type season. That's a... How do you lose games when you get the ball 72% of the time? Three out of four times, you start with the ball. When Joe Nardell is on the field. Crazy. I mean, it is... God, I can't. I don't even. I can't even get into it anymore. I'm gonna, I'm gonna start crying. It's just so fucking impressive, man. Number four, the best LSM in the league, Michael Earnhardt. Not only is an offensive pressure with three two pointers, two goals in 2019, but two pointers, three assists, seven points in 2020. But also a fucking beast when it comes down to the faceoff. Um, when it comes down to winging the face-off X with 26 ground balls in 2020. That's one more than he had in 2019, and there were way more games played in 2019. Um, that also helps to the fact that Joe Nardello was 72%. That There's a bit of give and take with those two stats. Um, seven calls, turnovers. you got to give it up to Michael Earnhardt. Whether or not his stats are, I don't want to say buffered, or not only if, Joe, uh, Joe Nardello's stats are buffered, but those two work super well together. It's fantastic to have an LSM to go with a face-off man like that. That's why I think that, you know, ground balls are everything. Face-offs are huge. If you have the ball, you win the game. And, I mean, that's why the Whips are back-to-back -back champions. Or because of those two players, more than specifically, if there's even a word for that. Rounding out our top three, if you haven't guessed it, it can't be the t he can't be in the top two because he didn't play in 2019. But goddamn, is it hard to not put him? I mean, in that fucking one or two man, Zed Williams, fucking Zeddy ball games, 20 goals in 2020, 20 goals. Next highest on this list, 13. 13. Had 20 goals. Next highest was 13 by Josh Byrne. Couple 12s in there. Not a whole lot of double digits. None hitting 20. I mean, he was just a fucking beast. 
There's nothing else to say other than that, man. What do you? There's not even a way to say how did you score his goals? Every way, every single way that you can imagine. Like, oh, was he a great catch and shoot? Yeah. Was he making crazy highlight reel games? Uh, crazy highlight reel goals? Yes. Was he, you know, garbage goals? Yes. Was it pick and rolls? Yes. Two man games? Yes. Fucking. I mean, it didn't matter, man. Zed was putting him on all games and uh, put him in all goals and all sorts of ways. It was, it was crazy. I mean, there's only four or five, six games that the, that he played. So if you're looking to see some crazy fucking singular play, just fucking stare at Zeddy Ball game. And then the top two, who, who you know, I think that this is the right order. We have Matt Rambo at two. The best attackman in the league. Last year was the MVP. 19, 23, 42, 4, 7, 4, 3, and 7, 7, 18, and 25. That's for 2019 to 42, postseason 7, and 2020, 25. Obviously, a lot less goals because it's Ed Williams, but just an overall beast. Not much I really have to say. I believe he's a two-time MVP, two-time champ, Matt Rambo. And at number one, personally, my favorite player in the fucking league. That's not a Redwood. Tom Schreiber on the Atlas. Again, if I wasn't a Redwoods fan, I'd be an Atlas fan. Best offensive midfielder. Had 37 points in 2019, who I thought was still the best player. Um... 37 points, 15 goals, two of them being uh, two with two two-pointers, 18 assists. It's really good for an offensive midfielder who's not on the field for every single possession. Um, had a eh, 2019 postseason mainly because he got hurt. And then I believe he separated his shoulder or had a pretty bad AC sprain uh, due to Garrett Apple, guy who definitely should have been higher on this list. And then in 2020, 12 goals, 4 assists, 16 points. Um, would love to see him get a fucking championship. Not sure there's really too much more to say. But, um, you know, when I compare this to my own, you know, goalies... I went Reardon, Blaze, Troutner, Kakanen, exactly how they had it. Face-off men, I had Nardella, Farrell, Baptiste. Baptiste and Farrell probably switching more or less, so pretty close on that. Attack men, you know, I had Rambo, Williams, Immense, Wolf, Pennell. Uh, I think they had Josh Byrne a lot higher than I did. Cause I was kind of sleeping on Josh Byrne. Uh, Matt Cav, I didn't have that high. And then Curtis Dixon, yeah. Seems about right. Um, offensive midfielders, you know, Triber had Chani a lot higher, Fakaro a lot higher. I think Fakaro I just had a lot higher because that transition from attack to midfielder really showing that he can play anywhere. Uh, Miles Jones had pretty high, Ned Crotty had pretty high. Um, let's see. Zach Currier, I just don't think I had too high. Just because he had just had the one season. Um, you know, 20 points though. That's very good, 2020, with a limited amount of games. John Hoss, I had a lot lower. Um, good overall work, 
you know, maybe maybe there's something that I just don't see when I watch him. Probably w- would have had him a little bit lower. I had Christian Mazzone on this list. Christian Mazzone was actually missing. That's another guy who you could have put up here. Dane Smith I also had on here. Uh, I love Dane Smith. I think that's a great name. And I just really like the chaos in general. LSMs. Surprised there wasn't a John Sexton on this list. Uh, but, you know, Michael Earnhardt, Ratliff, and then, yeah, you know, Eddie, uh, Reese Eddie, Rylan Reese. You start to get into the, eh, you know, top 50 players. I don't think so. Still good players, though. And then the midfielders, you know, you had Warner, Alexander, Near. Seems about right. Um, yeah, Jack Near, Ty Warner. We have any other defensive mill? Will Haas. Mainly because of his offensive and defensive presence. Tom Alexander. Yeah, about right. And then close to, you know, Apple. I would have had CVR, you know, fucking top 10 if I could have. Um, I don't want to, you know, Matt Dunn probably would have been a lot lower. I didn't have Tucker Durkin as high. Yeah, I went Apple, CVR, Rowlett, Clays, Newman, Manley, Bernhardt. It's kind of hard to judge them right off the bat. Um, I wasn't doing too thorough of a research when I was doing that. Uh, I was really just trying to remember everything that I watched over the summer, as well as looking at some stats. Uh, I think everyone, all the defensive, uh, defensemen that made this list deserve to be on this list. Where they ended up on this list could change a little bit, but I think overall they got it pretty close. I don't think there's too much more to say, man. Um, 45 minutes. Fuck, man. That's a pretty long episode. Um, thank you, PLL, for doing what you do. Uh, keep it up, man. I really appreciate you giving me something to talk about. And fucking until the next one, man. This is Bus Brains.